Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting gis on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. We are here, episode 42, the Road to Black podcast. Wes, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? Good. We were just uh, just running down our list of uh, current injuries, so we figured we might as well just jump on and share those with everyone else because that's kind of the reality we all live in training jujitsu. It's for me at this point. It's uh, I've found it to be like it's just a constant state of just trying to stay healthy. Yeah, honestly, uh, and it can be frustrating. So, yeah. what do you got going on? Tell me about your back. Man, I think it was Thursday or Friday. So, um, for the listeners, so I signed up for Master Worlds a couple weeks ago. And um, anyway, no big deal. This is not really correlated to Master Worlds or any sort of training increase in like loads that I'm going through. There's not, nothing really correlated, at least in, you know, I've, I've tried to be like, well, am I training more? Am I doing blah, 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 whatever. So, um, anyway, really excited about competing master worlds. I'm saying that for a specific reason. I'm going to come back to it in a minute, but, um, anyway, got signed up for master worlds. And this week I was lifting and I like to do, you know, nothing. Cr- I'm not lifting any crazy weights. You know, I'm not like doing one rep maxes or anything, but I was doing some, like, I like to do like offset loads just for balance. And like, they're really good for single leg strengthening. I was doing legs and like lower body. So I was doing some deadlifts. I was doing some squats, lunges type stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was doing like, uh, I think it was a deadlift. I can't put an exact, I can't remember exactly what the exercise was, but I felt it wasn't like a pop. It wasn't a pop. It was just like, a Oh, that wasn't like something just happened and it wasn't right. Hmm. Um, and I was kind of monitoring it and then it was like, like the pain started like 
coming right away and like everything just started like boom, just oh, wow. like you're not you're not you're done you're done for the day lower back lower back yeah i've got it isolated down to like the segments and stuff um that night i started or that afternoon that night i started feeling like stuff into my hips like like nervy type stuff mm. like referral pain like and if anybody's ever felt like nerve type pain it's it's like a different like my back was aching and stuff but this is like a like an electricity type feeling yeah. down into my hips and i started kind of feeling it down into my like mid thighs i started getting it down in there in the back where there was just a, a little bit of electricity but more than anything it felt like pressure and it felt like they were full mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah um and uh, like as a physical therapist, you know, I'm not like immune to these types of injuries, right. like with jujitsu, I just, uh, and lifting and things like that. And it's hard, like with the excitement that I'm going through with competing again. And then I'm like, start, you know, I'm ramping up the intensity. The first thing that I start going through is like, oh shit, man. Am I like, Anytime there's nervy stuff going on, I'm like automatically a little bit concerned, you know, like this is, mm -hmm. this is not just like, this is not just like six months of some back pain. This is like acute. This is like, yeah, like something, like something big is kind of happening. Mm. Um, so I immediately I'm like, am I like, am I done? Am I going to be able to compete? Yeah. And I just start going down this like negative right. thought process, this spiral. Um, and so I have to like bring myself in. It's like, it's kind of weird because I'm in this place where I, I have to, I want, like, I'm, I'm trying to do the same things for myself that I do for other athletes and other people that come to me with these similar types of injuries, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, um, I start like trying to walk myself back, like, no, this is going to be okay. And I start going through like, exactly how would I manage this? What is the the right thing to do? And so the first thing I started doing is moving, like finding s something that feels good. I wanted something that makes my back feel better, try and get the pain to come up a little bit into my, into my back, like get it out of my hips and just move in like a pain-free range. Yeah. And so that's what I started doing, like moving pain-free, try and find movements that feel good and just give it a little bit of like motion is lotion, a little bit of like, just give it a little bit of buttery, a little bit of grease in there, you know? Mm -hmm. um and trying not to go down the rabbit hole of i'm done training i am i done with master worlds how long is this going to hang around like that stuff like i felt like i've been pretty good about nipping that in the bud like right. really really quick so um the next day so the next day i was in a lot of pain um, still getting like some nervy stuff into my hips, still feeling a little bit of pressure into my mid thighs. 
And in my head, I'm sitting here thinking about just all that same stuff. I'm like constantly trying to check this like negative thought, thought pattern and like ensuring like, this is going to be okay. This is going to get better. Um, and trying to think about like the positive things. Like I don't have anything down into my feet. I don't have anything into my calf. Like in my head, I'm thinking about like, okay, this is probably like probably a hot, like I call it a hot disc. I've got an irritated disc. Um, it's probably not like herniated. It's probably not like really clamping down on that nerve. Even like I started having some, it's called uh, like neurodynamics, how the nerve moves, the nerve, like nerves run inside of like a sheet of plastic, like a sheath. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm like, I was like testing how well it can move with inside this stuff. And I could feel there was a little bit of tension. So I started doing like, nerve glides and like trying to get that to resolve um and so i'm just trying to manage this yeah and like like the big thing for me was stopping the negative thought yeah process and trusting that this is going to get better because i have seen this get better over and over and over again and this is not going to be any different yeah um so and same thing moving pain-free movement pain-free movement pain-free movement find things that I can do that make my back feel good and do those over and over and over again all day. Even today, um, woke up the next day, which I believe is uh, Sunday. So yesterday felt the best. I felt still some pain, but the nervy stuff has like kind of started to, to go away. Um, it's more isolated. I've got like a small little band in, in, in my back. Mm-hmm. Um, which is these are all this is a good indicator of things are resolving. Yeah. Um so it's I've probably, got a little it's probably just all irritated. It's super right irritated. Now. And so it's then settle, like settle down for a few yep. days so you can So I'm like figure move, what out what's yep. really going on. Move it, move <clears> it, move it. Keep it moving. Like my big thing is I can't stop moving. I can't lay on the couch. So here's the thing with like, especially lower, well, any injury joints particularly is they like to move. Yeah. Um, and so finding pain-free movement and moving in those ranges is like the best thing you can do for any injury. Right. Um, so with joints, motion is lotion. And like, I've already kind of said that term, but motion really is lotion. Yeah. And, um, it's important for sure. It's super important. So uh, and then, so that's Sunday feeling better. And then today I woke up with just like right at the segments that is really pissed. Yeah. It is like, it is like right there. So I'm yeah. like real focused, real focused. And those are all good indicators that this is like resolving. Cool. Um, and coming up, but more than anything, it's like a, I say all this because when we all go through injuries, especially like things where we're not sure, like if there's a nerve thing going on or if you can't bring your arm overhead, it's natural for us to go down this negative spiral. How long is this going to hang on? Yeah. Am I done training? How long am I out for? Am I going to be able to compete? How much can I trust my body going forward? 
you know, when can I get back to doing the things that I love? Yeah. When can I start lifting again? All when those can emotions, I start right all once. those, all those emotions. And I'm not immune to those just because I'm a, a physical therapist. Right. Um, and I'm going through, I'm managing this the exact same way that I would tell anybody else to manage this. Cool. Um, so that's, what's going on with me. So it's all, it's all you can do, man. It's just that mental, it's the mental side, you know, especially because I don't know, I guess it would be like, it, it's like this with anybody that has a passion, but jujitsu athletes, I mean, you and I both work with athletes in different ways. And I've seen just guys and gals when you're they're injured, it really wrecks them emotionally because because of the simple fact that they want to get back on the mat yeah it's it's such an addiction for people you know jujitsu such a healthy addiction i mean that's what it is i mean i've never i've never been involved in anything like this where people just you know but it happens in other sports you know I, i know runners that come into chill fit and we you know they're they twisted an ankle or something and they got some inflammation or we're taking the swelling down. We put cold on it and they're, they're itching to get back out there, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what they love to do. That's how it is with jujitsu. I mean, straight away. Like I've met, I, I, we, I deal with just new people, white belts have been training six months. And they're like, I gotta, you know, I can't, I gotta get this fixed. I gotta get back out there, you know, cause it's, it, it is that kind of addiction. And that's what you're talking about. It's like the first thing, you know, the first thing you're thinking about is really training. You know, it's not your health or yep. can I walk around and do things with my wife or, you know, it's like, yep. can I stop? Can I keep training? Is this going to take mm-hmm. me up? It's always the first thing that comes to mind. You know, it's like, it's important to us. And that's, that's something that over time on the road to black and beyond, you have to manage that. I mean, from white belt to black belt to legends that I run into or that I know in this sport, they all have to manage this, this exact thing. And that's injury, you know, because it's, it's a tough sport, you know? I mean, you can, you can just be doing something quite just a simple move and you can, you know, because it's, it's physical, you know, and you have other, other, another person really training with you. So you have all these other aspects that you, sometimes can't control. Right. I mean, so it's just so difficult when you get injured over and over and over again. And really that's almost every jujitsu athlete that I know does faces that. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it, think about it deeply. All, all of our friends, all my friends, it doesn't matter what color belt you're always dealing with injury. So that's part of the reason, by the way, is well, you know, that's one of the reasons why people don't really stick with it. It's tough that way, you know? Yep. Um, I've known a couple of people that stop training just because they just, they don't want to deal with the injuries or they can't afford to deal with the injuries because that's another thing is like, if you're in certain situations with your business or your personal life, an injury can be extremely detrimental. Like I know that from personal experience, you know, I run a business, a couple of businesses. One of them is a brick and mortar store. It's a physical location. I'm, I'm there a lot. And last, you know, last summer when I hurt my yep. knee, it was like, 
it was difficult those first couple of weeks when I could barely walk because yeah. I have to walk. I have to help people. It's so think about that times, you know, if you have a catastrophic injury and, and you literally use your legs for work or something or whatever, whatever it is, you know, you break your hand and you're a writer or, or somebody that has to type all day for, I mean, that's those things you have to, you know, you have to consider and that's uh that's part of the game you know you have to balance and weigh those the risks but you know hopefully most of those types of injuries are going to be minor but you and i both have had some pretty major maybe not major but in you know serious injuries over the years and uh man it's it's more and more it's something that i always have to just mentally deal with you know i gone are the days when i just feel comfortable Maybe as a white or blue belt, you know, if I get injured, I, it wouldn't bother me as much. It would still bother me, but it wouldn't. Now I don't. It bothers me a lot, just just to be have to not train, you know. Um, but I'm I'm in a coaching role too, so I can still be at the be involved and be at the school. Like that's yeah. my exact case in the last few weeks. I've just been beat up pretty bad. Um, you know, in the spring, I I hurt my upper back, kind of. I guess it would be the under the shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. So at the scapular area. Yep. Um, and I come to find out after doing a lot of research, it's a very common area for grapplers to get injured. Wrestlers too. A lot of rest. Like I read a lot of articles in wrestling athletes who has this, this kind of injury. And it's basically under the shoulder blade, right in the middle of my back on that side of the shoulder blade. And it kind of, when it first happened, well, what happened was, and this is, Kind of like you, you were doing lifting weights, got injured. I was doing like home improvement stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had a, we were wrecking out. There's like a, a little, uh, kind of like an office area down the hall in one of the hallways and it had some older cabinets up. So I was taking those down. We're redoing that small room. I shouldn't, have, it was something doing something totally stupid. I shouldn't have done. It. I'm like, oh, I can, I'm strong enough to grab these double cabinets, you know? And so I, Literally was doing it by myself like an idiot. I had the cabinets on one shoulder and I had my drill and I'm, I took out the last screw and I thought I had already done this once, by the way, for one cabinet. The second one, though, when I pulled the last screw, this cabinet just came down awkwardly mm. and I had to like catch it in the air. It was on top of me and I, it took completely twisted my back. And right away, I knew right away, it started hurting. I'm like, oh my God. And I was so pissed at myself because that was just so preventable, you know? Yeah. I just didn't want to wait for somebody to come help me. You know, I was just in a rush. I was doing a bunch of work. And that now literally that's, was that March, maybe a March and look at, I'm still feeling the effects of it because I healed it. And that's one of those ones. It's tough. It's just one of these longer term. It took a few weeks each time to. Yep. There's not a lot you can do. Like I try to get my range of motion and move and, but there's literally a knot in the middle of my back. So it was a knot. So that was the biggest thing that, that helped the most was massage, like uh, in like a Theragun. Um, but just getting that knot out and my lady would just put her elbow in there and she's really good at like, kind of like doing what a masseuse would do. And I mean, it just got in there and it hurt like a bitch, but over time that that's the only thing that would help. So anyway, I healed that came back a few weeks later and I came back probably too soon, rolled, tweaked it again. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad the second time healed that up. 
So it was just managing, you know, I would take a week off of rolling, just train, but not, you know, maybe just do drills and stuff. And then, uh, like three weeks ago, I, it was feeling great by the way. So we're like a month beyond any pain at all. I'm feeling great. It's a month beyond, you know, I went probably the whole, let me think of the date here in my head. Uh, probably the whole, like half of June and July, no problem training. And then, uh, I did no gi like a month ago and we were doing collar tie drills and just something like that. It was just pulling down on my neck and it didn't, I didn't feel it all in training three hours later. It was literally like the same time as the first time. Like I blew up like three hours later, this is when uh, maybe the adrenaline dumped off or whatever, but all of a sudden I had this huge, so again, now it's feeling better this last week, but the first two weeks of this one, this particular flare up. The first week, I literally, I can't explain the pain. I mean, I hit it so well because I worked, I did everything, but everyone I would even talk to, my my lady, everyone, I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, if you only knew <laughs> how much pain I'm in right now, like it was, it was hurting, like a huge knot. And then it shot all the way up through my neck. And it was mm-hmm. like walking around with the the worst pain, stiff neck you've ever had. I had that for two weeks straight and I was still going coaching at the gym and but every moment of the day, it was in pain. So, you know, I reached out to you, you gave me some, some movements, exercise. I found some online and it really was just, again, massage. And I, those two weeks, like for three weeks straight, I laid on a heating pad. And that was like, literally gave me so much relief, the heating pad. Um, I would basically just sleep on that thing. And that mm-hmm. literally helped. It did help a lot. Like I, I, I would... I would just try to come home right away and get on the heating pad. That's how much it helped relieve just the immediate relief, you know? So now it's just very slight pain, but I'm still taking it easy. And then, you know, to kind of uh, punctuate this story of injury, you know, last Tuesday I was just doing some, I was training again, my back's feeling better. It's still there. I can feel it, but I was being, we were just doing a bunch of situationals within Gustavo's class. And I, I must, I don't know what I did, but I, I must have swung my arm around and I busted my thumb joint either on the mat or on my training partner hard. And I felt it like within like 30 seconds, I was like, oh, my, my thumb's really, you know, it's like when in the moment, it doesn't feel like it's not like it's, it's just like, oh, wait, that my thumb shouldn't feel that way. It's not like you feel the pain because you're still training. I'm still training. I kept training yep. through the whole round and another round. And um, but after class, I was like, oh, my God. And within two days, my whole my whole hand was swollen like a balloon on this mm-hmm. thumb joint. And so that's been, you know, now I can't have a hard time picking up a cup even, you know, or everything's yep. my right hand. So, you know, I'm, that same thing though. I'm trying to use my mouse and type all week doing work. I'm always busy doing all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, and a lot of times I'll just sit here. I'm like, this is so crazy that we athletes, jujitsu people, we're crazy people. We go through this. Yeah, It must be something that we love so much that I'm sitting here, I can't even move my mouse, you know, but I'm like, okay, that's okay. It's acceptable. This is what it has, yep. what has to, has to happen for me to do the sport I love. But again, you know, that one was kind of just a fluke thing, but again, it was like another hit to the, and for me to personally share, you know, I'm trying to, I have people pressuring, not pressuring, but asking if I'm doing master worlds, are you going to sign up? I've I'm already got so much going on in the last mm-hmm. next couple of months. And now I got two injuries. I haven't trained in a month, you know? Yeah. I haven't done any serious training, honestly. Um, 
I haven't even been able to help my training partners get ready for some tournaments. I just can't, couldn't do it. I've been, I've been injured. So for me to say and commit to master worlds, I really want to do it, but come on, let's be realistic. You know, at some point you have to be realistic. I haven't been training for, so I'm, I'm not in no way, shape or form in the condition that needs to be to give that, uh, the respect that it's due. Okay. Yep. I'm not just going to go in, in the master worlds and just, Oh, I'm good enough to no. Like you have to, I'm, I'm not in nowhere. I don't have the jujitsu cardio right now to do it. I, I can mm-hmm. tell you that right now. Cause when things been intensifying, I don't have it. I can feel it because I haven't mm-hmm. done it. I haven't been training. So same thing, you know, that's in my mind. It might, for me, I might sign up just so I can have be on there because I know they're getting close to filling up. But again, you know, we're pushing into September already. I'm I'm not going to be starting. I I still have at least two weeks before I can train, even start to train. You know, yeah. I could tell you that with my thumb. I I rolled lightly with one of my instructors today, and I didn't use my hand. And even after that, just posting on the mat. You know, it's like you don't realize, yep. but you're using your hand. You know, so man, if that, you can't set grips, you're running. You mean you're running it? Yeah, yeah. 20, 25 percent of your uh, efficiency is like out the window. You lose a whole limb if you can't yeah, even set totally. a grip. You know what I mean? And and I'm just saying, so, like, I was sore after that. It got sore again. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm, it's not ready yet. So, but these are just things that come, you know, it's just, that's difficult, especially, you know, so I give a lot of respect to competitors that can keep on that path and keep healthy, it, but it is a grind. It is something you'll constantly have to manage because for me, you know, yeah, it's disappointing, but it is what it is. I have a ton of other things that are more important the master worlds to be honest yep. you know um i'm just so busy i'm running businesses i'm there's a lot going on in my life and it's something that i want to do but i also respect enough and and respect the other athletes enough to know that hey you got to be ready to go yep um i'm going on two week long vacations in the next month you know it's like yeah so for me it's just being realistic and the timing isn't always right if i was completely healthy right now and training, they're a hundred percent, you know, that's, but I can't, I can't stay on the mat. It's frustrating, but, um, I mean, you know, I'm on the mat, but I can't get the hard rolls in. I just, yep. so I'm with you, man. I'm, uh, it's one of those things I, I've, you, I've had an injury filled year, like the last yeah. year I was, I've been injured the entire time basically. So I hope that we get beyond that, but, um, it's it's a tough sport you know it's it doesn't get any easier you know as we had an episode on that you know you get through yeah you get through the lower belts and and you know you think um i'm injured you're injured in different ways when you start out you know um talked to someone that was brand new today she'd only have a few i think this is maybe her sixth or seventh class and after she went too hard on one of her first couple classes and she kind of felt bad like not being able to go to another class. And I was like, you know what? You can always just go in and, and watch the lesson, talk to the coach, you know? Yep. You know, you, you always want to go in and give it your all, but sometimes you just can't do that. And with her case, you know, she did like some, she came in and did like a, it was a bunch of drills and her abs were just burning. And she actually felt pain in her abdomen for a while, probably soreness. Mm -hmm. That's, that's natural, you know? When you're new, you're you're going through these movements that she didn't. She never did that type of stuff where it's working her core like that. You know, she's yeah. And also, 
you know, you're going to have the the nicks and the cuts and then the, the skin ripped off your, your knuckles and your toes. Bruises. The bruises. And, oh the bruises when you're new. The new people. It's bruises. insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. So. Playing, playing Spider Guard, you know, I, I can remember vividly playing, you know, when I first was introduced to, like, Spider Guard. And, you know, right here on the insides of my arms were just black and blue. Yeah. You know, I don't get that so much anymore, but no. you know, your joints hurt, you've got joints. bruises all over your body. You know, your your hands inevitably just oh, like just inevitably hurt. Yeah. Um that probably never goes away. Yeah, if you're, so if you're it's, a geek player. <laughs> my hands yeah. have been hurting lately. It, it's uh, you know, yeah, you have different injuries, but you know, in in our level where we've been doing it for a long time, same thing though. You don't get those types of injuries, but you got a lot of a lot of joint wear and tear. You know, I talked to a lot of guys that have been in a while. Fingers are always damaged. Elbows. You know, yeah. a lot of elbow stuff I deal with with athletes. And myself, too. You know, if mm-hmm. you're... Just think about all the elbow joint stuff in jiu-jitsu. From everything from arm bars to kimuras. Just, you know where a lot of people get it? I, I personally experience this, too. And um, I just did actually two athletes. I've been treating their elbows for this. Same exact thing. It's when you're kind of, you go in, you're like in a top half guard and you're fighting off a Kimura. You know, someone's always grabbing that Kimura grip mm-hmm. and you're tucking and you're grabbing your own gi and you're trying to yep. defend again. It's just that torque, you know, this, that grip right there. A lot of people get, and I specifically will ask people, you, what, how do you think you're getting that? And it's like, oh, I'm training with someone that likes to Kimura all the time, you know, mm-hmm. from, from bottom, you know, you know, you're, you're on top half and somebody's got your arm right there. It's just, you can just, you're, it's kind of like the tension of fight, fending off. You might be yep. safe, but just that tension puts some wear and tear on that joint. In my experience, that's what we're seeing. And that's obviously if you get it ripped out and you get Kimura'd, it gets, a, becomes a serious issue. So, yeah, um, you know, joint pain and, and hopefully, you know, a lot of long-term guys get neck pain and stuff. So. You just got to be very careful with that stuff, you know. I think, I think, especially being stacked, you know. As as one thing I've learned over the years, especially is like, I, it took me a while, but even at blue and purple belt, if you're going with like some, let's say you're going with some big giant white belt that doesn't maybe know a lot of jujitsu, but they're inside your guard or something, and they're stacking you, mm-hmm. and you know, and you're inverting in an awkward way, you know what I mean. That's something you always have to be careful with your neck. Well, yeah. I can see. uh, I mean, that's how my neck has been in danger before where I'm like, I'm not the one forcing that inversion. It's almost like someone's stacking me up and you're in a, you know what I mean? When someone's like, it doesn't happen that much, but it can definitely happens with people that don't have a lot of skill and they're trying to like bum rush and just drive into you. Well, a little tip for the newer grapplers. If you have some, if you're grappling with somebody bigger than you, try not to let them on top of you. That's yeah. how I feel. I don't, if I'm grappling with a guy that's sizably larger than me, I'm going to do everything I can to keep him. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to carry his weight. No. You know? And then on top of that, if he's like able to out muscle me, I mean, that's just like, I'm carrying his weight. I've, yeah. I'm at a, a disadvantage. It, muscle, like, easy for I us to say. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. I, I will, I will do everything in my power yeah. to, to not get, I, I will do a lot of things. To keep from getting underneath somebody yeah. like that, because well, you have this, I, I you have it. that 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 
long-term knowledge where you're ne- you know you're going to keep the distance yeah but for I'm someone gonna, new that's very difficult you know you, for sure I've, I've seen i literally see it in my class a new white belt i'm going to play guard and i pull guard yeah. and all of a sudden the guy shucks your arm your yep. leg by and you're underneath for five full minutes you know bad like a, idea exactly so you don't have as, as strong a guard but you learn you learn you know you yeah you you learn what guards will work in those situations and that's part of becoming good at jujitsu is really controlling an unskilled wild person. Yeah. Right. Um, if you haven't, and I've went against some, you know, all throughout my, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I definitely, when I was a white and blue belt, you know, you're not going to get to Brown belt without seeing those guys. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to be able to control <laughs> these people and they, they, yeah. they're going to be coming at you hard and crushing. Yeah. So you have to take advantage of what they're doing. And, and, you know, that gets easier as you get, more and more skilled and to you know to to what you said it's like the, you probably don't want to you're not going to let them come flatten you out anymore yeah you know? yeah it's the feet on the hips you know keep them keep the distance even if you're even going to go down at all like that way you know yeah or, you know like you said stay on top manage and get you know get on top or get around the back you know if yep. you're a smaller person that's that's one thing you can do i mean just even, become a backpack yeah even you know I don't, you know, as I don't even care if it's a blue belt. If it's a blue belt today, if I rolled with a blue belt who is sizably bigger than me, there's, yeah, I am not letting, I am doing everything I can to not let him on top of me. Yeah. I don't want any belt, any 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 belt, blue (laughs) belt, white belt, purple belt. I don't care what it is. I don't want him on top of me. Period. And, um, I said that to, you know, and I put that in, you had a skills discrepancy in, um, this is a piece of advice that I got as a, Ah, uh, it's a blue belt. Um, this guy was, I think, a brown belt, purple belt or brown belt at the time. And it, it was like a light bulb went off. And I, I've given this advice before to people multiple times. Um, when if somebody's like, pull, if I'm bigger than somebody, even if I'm not bigger than them, let's say we're the same size. And I'm a brown belt. I'm going against some blue belt. And he pulls guard on me. It, immediately, I'm like, what like why are you pulling guard on me like you're gonna have to like you have you're at a skills disadvantage yeah um if we're same size or i'm bigger than you now you're also at a size disadvantage yeah so you're at a skills disadvantage a size disadvantage like don't pull guard into that situation because i don't care how good your guard is you know at blue belt yeah i'm probably going to end up on top making you carry my weight yeah making you forcing you into a mistake you know and now we're in playing my game mm-hmm. so I, I always tell people don't if you're rolling with higher belts try and play the top try and play your top game try and play your aggressive game yeah and you know make them carry your weight make them be defensive yeah um make them- so anyway sweep you in 10 seconds that's right that's run. make <laughs> exactly. at least give them that work you know right. what i mean yeah, exactly. like make them make them have yeah, to I mean, work to get the position it's just <clears throat> it's the reality of being uh disadvantaged by tech skill i mean yes yeah. pick your poison you know you're going against a black belt yeah i mean outsized yeah you probably don't want to be underneath but then yep. again the guy's probably got a sick guard so you know, it's like yeah. if you do. <laughs> uh you know but i totally get it especially if you're extremely outsized i mean yes 
if you talk to smaller grappler, grapplers, they know that, you know, they, yep. they know that's what they have to, they have this additional um, aspect that they have to train for. Mm-hmm. You have to train for that. I mean, I have a couple smaller grapplers, um, uh, two, uh, two late uh, friends of mine that are both lady grapplers. They're five foot, a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And they know that they can't get up, like they have to move and they have to not get in those yeah. situations. That's, I always yep. tell them that that's what they have to do. They already know that. Um, so they're playing certain positions because there's just, they're not going to, you know, somebody out, literally out, out, most of these guys that they train with a lot, they're a hundred pounds more than them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of them are two, like two and a half times their size. You know, it's like, yeah. you just can't do that. You know, you have to be faster than them. You have to be quicker. You have to be everything you know you have to be more dynamic with your guard and just yep not if you are going to play guard you got to play the right ones you know yeah you might you might be uh throwing up single leg x and your whole you know that's the reality of seeing a smaller grappler and a bigger person like these like this lady that a woman that trains with us she's fierce she uh you know but she trains with bigger guys you know and it's like a single leg X control for her is like her, literally her whole body is on a bigger person's leg. So it yeah. completely changes the dynamic of the, you know, it's, it's interesting totally. that way. Yeah. So, I mean, and I tell her, you know, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to dial it in for your body type. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. have to, ch- we're going to have to change a little bit of the technique that I showed here because your body doesn't, you know, and that goes for bigger people too, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a different way, you know? If you're so big that you can't do a specific guard or you can't place your foot in this direction or you don't have the flexibility to here, you have to adjust. So yeah, body types mean a lot. Um, doesn't mean that's a negative one way or another, but it just means you have to adjust for your own body type. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's something we all you should probably be thinking about if you're training if you're a colored belt. I mean, you need to start picking and choosing positions and guards that work for you and work for your body type and work for your skill, you know, your athleticism, let's say. Um, That's what makes it fun, right? I mean, it's like, that's the chess match. You know, you're trying to figure out your pieces together. Yeah, exactly. Trying to put your pieces together to fit the things that you do well and your body type and all of that, Mm -hmm. your athleticism. Yeah. That's all you can do. It's like, uh, I was talking to someone today that that same new, uh, the, the female that was there today that was training, she's new. We started talking about, you know, she was already kind of because, you know, she felt kind of beat up her first couple. I think she's been training a couple of weeks. So very new, very, very new, you know? And, uh, you know, I kind of had to, I just kind of gave her the advice of, you know, stop, you know, you're going to have to really start getting in the mindset of you're just competing against yourself, you know, because already she was like, looking at other new people in the white belt class at night and they're, you know, they're doing this and this. And I, you know, I feel like I'm already hurt and have this. And it's like, no, stop. You know, we all have to go through that. You know, we like to compare each other, compare ourselves to other people on the mats, but everyone has a different situation. You really should just be comparing against your own personal growth, you know, especially in that phase, you know, it's like, are you coming to class? Are you doing better today than yesterday this week versus last week you know yeah it's literally dumbing it down to that much because it's all these external pressures just as you started off the show it's like right away can i can i compete at master worlds you know part of that is because people you have an expectation because you put that out there yep 
for yourself, but other people that your coaches, you know, your training partners, you know, it's, you don't want to let these people down. So you have this, you know, I mean, I'm totally don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what we go through. You Th- know, it's like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's you, you get that in your mind, but really it's just your own personal. And you know that because you've competed yep. at the biggest level too. So it's like, that is really what it is about is just challenging yourself. And for you now, it's just going to be personally determining and challenging yourself. Am I going to be healthy enough and manage the recovery and manage my mindset going into it. And for me, same thing. If I choose to go that path, I flip a switch in my mind, then I'm going to go all for it. And, but I have to be ready to do that and be able to train. Um, so that's just a good take home for everyone because we get in class and I do it. We all do it. You know, that's, you see other people that have been promoted. I've done it. I've done it a lot. I'll be the first one to admit, you know, I, Oh, I got, I got my purple belt with this person over here. You know, he got his purple mm-hmm. belt at the same time, but now he's here and here. Or I'm higher than this person than when I we got our blue belt together. You know, it's just yep. You kind of start comparing because we that's what we do in life. You know, you do it in I did it in business. You do it as a business owner. You do it as you're yep. benchmarking and looking at other people that are doing your. You know, it's it's okay to know what's out there, but. It, to judge yourself against it's just very difficult in jujitsu because we all have such a different path, you know. I mean, we you're gonna find that out if you're just got your blue belt. You're you could literally be on the same path as your best friend, and some some way they just kind of split, you know. And maybe he's going a few more times a month, and that turns into a several times a year, and he's more dialed in, he or she, and all of a sudden that person gets their belt, and you're like, oh. We started at the same time, you know, yeah. that's yeah, very you know, common, very common. It's very common. I, I mean, even in, uh, professionally, like you were mentioning professionally, I, I do that and I, or I have done that in the past. It's been, uh, it's been something that I've had to change and what this was a piece of another piece of advice that I think was really good for me, especially as I started growing this, my business. Um, every single person that I know, some, most of them are friends, but every person that I know that is also in my profession that posts content online, I, I, I didn't unfollow them. I just muted them. And the reason why is because what we have the tendency to do is, and I'm going to try and relate this to jujitsu or you know, maybe you can find something to relate this to jujitsu, but what we have a tendency to do is we worry so much about what this person is doing, how they're doing things. And then we build, it's a subconscious thing where we build our content. That's almost talking to them because we want to, we want to be like, yeah, we're on the same team. Like we're doing the same things. We want to get that like button. We want to like do all this instead of, building the things that in my opinion that jujitsu athletes need i'm doing this for me personally and professionally yeah and i see this a lot um when i look at other people's content it really is like it really is not directed towards it's directed towards these other my friends or my my 
professional colleagues right and not directed towards i want to give out something that jujitsu athletes can use or whatever your clientele is i want to give out something that these people can use that's going to make them better and i don't care if it's completely different than what my friends are doing because what i do i've had my friends and colleagues say some pretty terrible things about the way that i do rehab and strength and conditioning Mm -hmm. but guess what i don't care it works yeah and i get results so what does it matter if it doesn't look the same as the way that you do it and the way that the whole rest of the industry does it, but it's different, but I don't care about putting out content for them. So what I ended up doing was because I found myself doing that, putting out content. So I would kind of get their likes too and get my, get my, yeah, we're on the same team. You know, Mm -hmm. we're doing this together from them. Like, it's almost like I wanted approval from them. Right. Yeah. You know, so I just, I was like, okay, you guys are all off my feed. And now I'm putting out content just for jujitsu. And it's the same thing. It's I'm comparing myself to what they're doing. And it doesn't work that way. Like Mm -hmm. what I'm doing and what, how I, my business goes and how I develop professionally and how I develop in jujitsu is completely independent of what anybody else is doing. And so that's like, I don't know how to relate that into jujitsu. I don't know how to like, you can't really unfollow like your, your friends in jujitsu, but you have to, you have to find a way to put that piece in check. Me and him started together and, or me and him or her started together and they got their blue belt before I did. Yeah but I can keep up with them. I can tap this person. I can do that. That is like, it is uh that's an extrinsic motivator and not an intrinsic motivator. That is like showing your motivation is to get a belt or it's to get a stripe or it's to do that. And not, I need to get better. I need to work on this thing. I need to develop a guard. I need to develop a, two or three attacks like we've talked about before on the podcast i need to develop three attacks from this position and then i need to develop a transition and a whatever Mm -hmm. you know that's an intrinsic motivator where it's very like i need to develop and i need to develop my game and get better and it is they're just completely different they're they're completely different the motivations are totally are one is one is um I don't want to say it's for the wrong person. We all do the wrong purposes. We all do it, but uh, it's going to leave you. It's going to leave you longing in the long term. You you can't go through jujitsu all the way. You can't have a 20, 30 year career in jujitsu and, and and be extrinsically motivated because that's going to run out super, super quick. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I think you just have to, it's more of like uh a check on your ego and an adjustment on your thought process, you know, specifically for jujitsu. If that's, you're finding yourself in that position, it's like, you, you really just have to set yourself back. You, you got to just understand that the whole journey is just a personal thing, you know, then you're only going to go so far as how hard you work. Yeah. So it doesn't, it just, some people are going to have natural ability, you know, person a and B that could start at the same time. Maybe person B is just, so much more athletic and they just 
you know, mentally they're picking up on things the same, but person B is, is expressing that on the mats differently, you know, mm-hmm. and they, and they advance faster. That's a hard pill to swallow. If you're person A and person B is your best friend, you know, and it's like, uh, that's just every instance is going to be different, you know, but you just have to sit, get uh, s- step back and realize that this is your own journey. And what can I do more? What can I do better? You know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I have acquaintances and people that have, I feel like they've stalled out in jujitsu and I'm not speaking about anybody in our, in my class, because I, I know I have training partners and people in my gym that listen to this podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm mostly thinking about other people that I've known along the journey. And it's like, they're at a stalemate. They're at a belt mm-hmm. for a very long time. You know, and, and almost always it's, it's they go through the motions, but they don't put the mental focus on themselves, on their own work, you know, and you have to advance and learn and express that in the gym. You know, it can't just be, I'm just here. I'm at, I'm at, I'm at, I'm training again. And another training is the same. And you're not picking anything up and you're not putting any of these things in your, people go through that and do that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's can be frustrating, you know, it's actually, yeah, it's really what we all do. Like we don't all stay in those stagnant states, but we all have to learn. And that's part of what coaching is. It's part of what your professor, your instructor does is they help motivate you to use those moves that you just learned into your game. Right. And there's different skill sets on doing that as far as coaching, you know, yeah. Some, maybe if you have a coach's hands off and they never even talk to you one-on-one, you're not going to progress as fast if you're just not naturally doing your own study and your own implementation of these moves. Because think of how many jujitsu moves you've learned that you don't implement. Okay. Why? Why? Why, why haven't you implemented every one? Because it's difficult. It takes yeah. time and practice and only you can do that. So you have to, you have to be the one to pick and choose and develop your game and implement it. Some people are great at that. And they pick mm-hmm. up on that, but some people don't. Some people go through the entire motions and they're just getting belt promotions because they've been doing it forever. Yeah. But they don't specifically have a, a skill set still after doing it for years. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, I can think of a few people like this, you know? So, um, yeah, it's that's why it's such a personal journey and you really have to look inside yourself and say, can I give more? Should I be advancing more or, or just to understand what your expectation is of yourself? You know, Mm -hmm. for me, when I started, the one thing I always heard was it's going to take 10 years to get a black belt. It was always the 10 year thing. Um, you know, I just always had that in my mind that that was a goal. Okay. And that didn't really mean much at the time because I didn't know. (laughs) Okay. I knew people got it way faster and some people took a lot longer, but I was like, yeah, it's average 10 years. So if that's the average that I'm hearing, you know, there's no official, maybe there's official numbers out there. That'd probably be a cool, uh, kind of a cool poll to take, mm-hmm. but all those ex- examples are going to be completely different, right? You might have yeah. a guy get his black belt in 15 years, but he took a five, five year break at blue belt or something, you know, it's like, you don't know. Some people train a long time, three, four times a week, and they might take 15 years where other people are training three, four times a week and get it in six, yep. you know? So you have a high level competitor 
they're beating everybody at, at Worlds and Master Worlds, they're going to probably get promoted faster. I mean, yep. that's just the reality of it. Um, does that mean they know more? Not always. It means they're dialed in and yeah, but it does. Sometimes, sometimes you can get this is the promotions are completely subjective, so it's tough to talk about. But you know, we, we, we know there's people out there that might get promoted a little prematurely in our eyes. But what is that? That's my own opinion, yep. you know. Yeah, um, however, you could have a purple belt or a brown belt that's been training 12, 14 years that is far, far, far skilled than the brown belt that just got promoted because, you know, maybe he won master worlds or worlds or something, you know? And, and what I'm saying is maybe that brown belt's young and only has like four years training total, five years training total. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it's no hit on that brown belt, but maybe in those five years, they just didn't have the time to learn all the techniques where the 12 year brown belt has way more experience in techniques. Yeah. It com that's yep. how jujitsu works, you know, it's, so it's, it's very subjective like that. There's really no measurement. That's why you should always just measure yourself against your own self, you know, and a good way to do that is just, if you're, you know, you can go by belt is blue belt. I should be advancing, not doing the same things as white belt, but doing this much training and more purple belt, yep. doing this much training and more in this type yep. of training and always advancing, you know? So it's. Yeah, I think whenever you, whenever things are focused on like external things, um, let's take a scenario, and this isn't everybody, but I see a lot of times, you see it online a lot where people are, this person got promoted before I did, blah, 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 you know, and when it's so focused on that, I mean, you should be happy for that person. Yeah. Right? I mean... Like when somebody gets promoted, I am like, even gets a stripe, man. I like, I, to me personally, I am like, I'm genuinely happy. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, if, I don't care. Like if somebody like, I'm going to get mine eventually. Yeah. It, it's a function of being on the mats more doing those more things. Mm -hmm. I'm confident that my, I am so confident in my coaches, my training partners. I don't care if somebody is gets this their belt is so much different than mine yeah, where they're totally. at they're so much different than me their life circumstances are completely different than me i could be coming three times a week and i don't i don't know how many times this person's coming i don't yeah. know how much the stuff that they're doing you know they could be in a big growth spur but i like for me i just i tr like i want to be happy for people and with yeah. that means I have to stop caring about what is going on with everybody else and start caring more about what's going on with me. And that's a manifestation of insecurity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for totally. me, I, I'm very like, I, well, I can do more. I can self-study. I yeah. can maybe catch another day of just drilling, whatever it is. But if I'm doing enough things to where I am, satisfied with the things that i'm doing on the mats when somebody else gets promoted regardless of what level it is i can be happy for that person yeah because i know that i'm secure in my coaches that they know what's best for me i'm mm -hmm. secure with the things that i am doing on and off the mats and you know 
I, I don't know what else to say. Like for me, I, I just always, I always want to be in that spot where I want to be genuinely happy with the people are getting what is coming to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting theirs. Like I'm like, I'm not in a competition with that person. Yeah. You know, I'm not competing with them. It's, it's a training partner. Yeah. Well, you know, that's you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're mature. You're more mature. You've you're wiser. And that's part of your personality probably from the jump, but there, that isn't everyone's experience. So, you know, we would like to think that and we're, we're mature. We, we, you know, that's part of the ego death, you know, it's like that jujitsu brings, you just see so much, you, you obviously, especially people you train with, you're happy for them because you're going through the same experience with them. I think where people more of like, where you might see this is like, I mean, it just depends a certain gym vibe, a couple young 20 something year old blue belts, you know, that are real competitive and maybe they're, you know, there's a group of people that are. And not and you know this. Not all gyms are created equal. Where we're more of a family. There's competitive gyms out there where your your training partners. It's a comp- competition. You know, you might be fighting and you might be fighting and clawing to get the next shot at doing an am- amateur MMA bout or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's competitive gyms out there where this definitely exists. You know, I've I've heard in fighting in other gyms. You know, I mean, that's just goes on. So we like to think that we're all this big family, but it. It does happen, but that's that's what I'm saying. You're you're gonna get you're probably gonna get more wise as you age or understand that this is just a, your it's your own personal journey, you know. But there's definitely personalities like that out there. Johnny's getting this, I'm not getting it, you know. That, yeah. that definitely exists, you know. So it's oh, like, totally. I see. I see a lot of that stuff. You gotta. You gotta. Um, you gotta just manage that. It's kind of the ego type thing, and you know, the other thing is like. I could see in a case, and I have seen this in maybe a, a bigger social media aspect is where maybe you get, you see somebody promoted that. And I have seen this a couple of times and it's still subjective where someone's promoted and maybe the community doesn't feel like they're, it's almost like the celebrity thing, you know, with Ashton Kusher. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's happy about him with his brown belt because they know that that guy didn't put in the work. Yep. So there are instances like that. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. He didn't. Like, I don't even know the case. But if you're not rolling with the general public and you're not rolling with people, to me, that, that, yeah, totally. that's not the same. That's not the same. You're not sparring. You know, he's, he's, he's paying to spar with his professors and good on him, you know, but it's like those types of things really, you know, because even some people are like, or like when he was rolling with Craig Jones. I love that video because that it's, so, it's so, it's divides people right down the line. Like you see a lot of people are like, I'll, I'll ask you your, I already know your opinion because we've talked about this before, but he's rolling with Craig Jones. Okay. He's a, allegedly a brown belt, right? Was I think he's a brown belt, maybe purple. I can't remember. I think he was, exactly. I think he was a purple belt. At okay. The time. The purple belt. He's rolling with him. You see the role. And I read the comments. I know what I feel. I feel about what half the people, maybe half to 75% people say is that that guy's not a purple belt. Okay. The other people are like, well, Craig Jones is that good. He'd make you look that bad too. Okay. No, not the purple belts. I know. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, so that's, that's what I'm saying. 
is so like the skill level you can sometimes you can see in that video that doesn't look like someone that's skilled that totally. has a purple belt. Can both of those statements be true? They can. Yes, that's yeah. the thing. And you know, like, but to your point, but he that's what look like a purple belt. That's what people get. Pe- that is what people. So it's not that they don't like Ashton Kusher, but people that really work their fucking asses off for this, and I'm one of them. I get offended when people get there and don't because to me it weakens the class system of belts for sure and that's a hundred percent it's the whole karate black belt thing they literally mean nothing because you're giving them out to children and you know it's like yeah you don't want people and i know high level black belts that feel this way they are very protective and it's not call it ego call it what it is but they feel like that that is something that has to be earned and that's going to be different. We've talked about this a million times. You, Joe Blow over here might give black belts out like this because that's, all, that's his level of black belt. You know, these things can get watered down, right? Totally. I'm at a school where this, my professor's, he's the legend here. So, you know, he's legit as they come, you know I mean? Yeah. It's, but that, that's the whole thing with the celebrity thing. I think people, it's like, we know this guy's not rolling with class, you know. He doesn't look like a pro belt, you know. And then all of a sudden, he gets his brown belt. It's like that—that that can rub people the wrong way. But again, it's just you just have to not just ignore that, you know. It's like exactly. It doesn't nice mean anything job. to me, but, but uh, that's that, exactly that's how I feel. Great yeah. job. And if you show up at a tournament, I'm gonna dust your ass off, <laughs> exactly, just like you deserve. So it's, you know, the, when he got his brown belt, that per, that video. I'm assuming you've seen the him his promotion video where he got his brown belt. I don't remember. He, if I saw so it. he he tried to not he he tried to he tried to re- turn it down. No, oh, did he? Yeah, he tried to turn it down. I gave him. I actually, I did give him some credit. Good. For I, I, to turn I, I, it down I because, think he's a good dude. because he because he he was like I don't deserve this. I'm yeah. not a brown belt. I don't want your. I don't See, want. See, that's belt. tough, man. When you and, even and know. then you've got Jean Jacques Machado or whatever, whichever one of the was it Jean Jacques or it was Hegan, and you've got Hegan Machado there. He's he, like he loves, forcing he to promote those celebrities. He was like forcing him to take this belt, and he tried three like three different instances to be like no, and then he went to like I need two weeks to get back into shape. Like, and he's like, no, no, no. Like, go put your gi on. I'm going to promote you. And then he was like, I don't, I don't want this promotion. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a brown belt. He hasn't even I'm been training feel- and he's getting his yeah, brown and, belt. So. And, and he was, and then Hegan <laughs> was like, this belt is heavy. I want you to make me proud. I want you to wear this. I want you to like live up to this. And I was like, I, I don't, like, I, I think that guy in particular does it for a lot of publicity. I mean, that's I so pretty too. much pretty well known about him. And that's unfortunate because, you know, Ashton's a good dude and he's probably sitting there going, he's looking at the comments going, oh, geez, I know. Like, you know, I mean, what do you do except train more and try to earn it? But hey, yeah. the guy might not be able to do that much jujitsu. I mean, look at what we're talking about. Yeah. This dude's an actor. Like he's think he can be beat up and broke down and broken back. And, you know, totally. all the time, like, you know, it's like, that's one of those things you uh, but you know, Hegan does that a lot with with those guys. But yeah, I will know, I say know. one thing: you, I say whether you're deserving of it or not, at least learn how to tie your belt, Ashton. Yeah, 
He's got a yeah. colored belt in three different photos that he has a jacked up tie. Like, how do these guys not teach? I don't understand that. I really don't understand how these guys can promote a guy and not show him how to tell, tie his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, that kind of tells me that they're kind of starstruck or not like wanting to say anything. Like, I literally would go up to him and go, we're going to do this every time until you get it. I'll help you. That's right. It's not that difficult. It's not at all. Have to show some, it, you're, you're, I, now I've been telling every white belt that comes in my class, I show them how to tie the belt. I go, if you want to be respectable, you have to learn how to tie your belt right. <laughs> it's it's yep. not anything mean. And they always get a kick out of it because they know. They're like, I thank you for showing me because I have no idea like the right way to do it. Because yeah. one one false tie of the knot and your knot's upside down, you know, or it's like to get the, the they're going the wrong way. So I don't know. That's just me. You know, I like the. Are you a Hollywood tie guy or are you like. The traditional. The, no, I'm the, I Well, I know how to. That's tie. what I've always heard it called is the Hollywood, the one where you go around twice. Yeah. Yeah. So we do the Hollywood when I do photo shoots for Royal Union because you don't have, you only have the single. Yeah, single loop in the back but when i'm just training i just do a traditional tie it's much faster you know and um but even with a traditional wrap around the way you flip your your lapel the the belt ends in a slight change can turn the knot uh you probably know that but if you do it one way the knot goes upside down if you do it the other way it comes correct yeah so these are things that uh, a brown belt that's being promoted as a celebrity you would think for your gym, you'd want him to have his belt tied. I just never get that. I'm not just like, dude. And it's funny because it's every time, you know, he got his blue belt, jacked up tie, purple belt. So I like, uh, I make a meme out of it when he gets his black belt. And oh, that'd jacked. be awesome, dude. But that's one of those ones that does it. That I'll be honest, that kind of, it didn't, it didn't piss me off where I'm walking around. Oh, fucking Ashton Kusher got his brown belt. But it's just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, this sport's growing and you got to like be realistic about this. You know, you don't want to give that just doesn't do anything for people. I, and I, I, to me, that's self-serving. It's just a publicity thing, you know, because they always post the pictures with them and stuff. It's like, I don't know, you post in pictures with your regular brown belts. <laughs> so, <laughs> some, pe- some people like the celebrity over there in L.A., you know, some of these guys yeah. and they've been doing it forever. Those guys are legends. So I, you know, what can you say? But. Even high level dudes know that those those celebrities are getting promoted a little prematurely. You know, it's totally. It, and, you're, and you're even just training. Rogan. You're just training. Yeah, Rogan's the same. You know, he, when you don't do a lot of sparring with the classes, it's just man. I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't like, know. It's not the same. It's just not the. No, now, I'm not saying it's. Let's just say it's subjective, and they can call it what it is. But it's not the same experience that most of us go through. Yeah, like my. Rogan, that's what I was going to say. Rogan is like a fierce defender. He's like, man, if he can give you your your purple belt, you're a purple belt. And it's like, I can't say that you're wrong, but... Unless you're a celebrity. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Has he has he defended Hegan? I know he defends Jean-Jacques because that's his yeah, coach. He, yeah. now, I've never seen Jean-Jacques do that because Rogan, yeah, no. Rogan did train for a long time. Now, oh he, no, Rogan's. He, I think he Rogan's did not, pretty legit. He did not train in the gi that yeah. much, and he got a gi black belt. He got his black belt in the gi. Do I think he? You know, so you could say what you want, you know, but some of these guys go strictly 
private lessons. And that's just yeah. so different, you know, that's just so different. It's just, yeah, so I know that I know Maynard from tool does, uh, cause he's a purple belt. Yeah. It might be a brown belt by now. I don't know, but I know he does a lot of, um, a lot of privates. I think he's, you know, he owns a school up in Cottonwood, yeah, Arizona. And, um, I think he's got some, he pays these black, some black belts. And I don't know, I, he was teaching the wrestling curriculum up there for a while, but, um, and I don't know how much he trains with the students up there, yeah. but I know when he travels and he's on the road, he only does privates because if he gets his throat messed up, he's like, yeah, he's out of a job. I, I, you know? I understand that. And you know, yeah, he's been so, training a long time. I just think you have to have a sparring with, with, yeah, uh, totally. you got to do it. I mean, imagine going through your whole career where you're just getting privates and you're just literally rolling with one guy. Your yeah. professor or another guy, let's say they bring somebody with them and they got, but imagine the difference of that versus what you went through. Yeah. And how many hundreds of different rounds and training partners you've been through, you know, it's yep. like, uh, it's a lot over the years, a lot. And that makes a huge difference. But again, everybody's black belt's different. So Again, I, I, you know, we we're kind of talking out two ends, but I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate on one end. And for me, I'm, I'm happy because I just know that I'm just keep my, keep going. And someday I'll get promoted when my professor feels it's, I'm worthy of it. That's it. Yep. You know, that's it. So I try to do everything I can to, to get better skilled and advance in that way. But I'm at the point now, you know, I'm like, you know, this is, this is the last, both you and I, we're on our last, uh, leg, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't change from there. And you know, this, and I, we will not be any different. We'll have a different target on our belt or on our waist and that's it. We'll still be learning and doing the same thing. We're not going to sit on our laurels. We're not going to stop training. That's just the reality of it. You know, it's just one, it's just that milestone. It's really just a milestone as every, it's the biggest milestone, obviously, but, um, you know, we all feel that at every different belts, you know, I got some guys in, in our, in our class that are, they're coming up on their, you know, maybe their next belt, a few people. And it kind of gets exciting because it's like, you really start seeing it, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it, it almost like pre- presents itself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't even need to see how many stripes you have on your belt. Like it's yep. in your game. Like yep. that's been really cool to see people develop now that I'm, I can watch a lot more because I'm a coach in certain classes. So I'm studying my former training partners and watching what they're doing. And that's really cool, man. And that, that is, that's what you want. And that's in my subjective opinion, but it's also be based on our gym environment. You know, I'm measuring these people against other people in the gym. At least in our gym, all those people have the same expectations, the same promotion Mm -hmm. opportunities. So that's really what matters, right? It's going to be hard for me to measure that same person to another gym because I don't know what they're, you know, they could have higher standards, lower. We don't know, you know? So I think that goes back to just saying, you know, focus on what you can focus on your own surroundings and training partners and yeah be respectful and really appreciative of their advancements too, because the more they advance, the more you're going to advance. I always tell you that it's like, we all rise together. Um, If you have a room full of people that don't know what they're doing, you're not going to go very far, you know? So learn from each other and 
build build your own skill set you know that's that's the one thing i can say as a coach it's like you got to put in the extra effort outside the gym to develop what you're going to do in the gym I, that's a huge thing that i learned over time is i can't just go in the gym and expect it just to come magically to me where i'm just going to develop it all there you know yep. put some thought process in it do some study uh this is going to work for my game implement it i tell everybody that now you know when i some of the guys that I coached, it's like develop. You've you've got this part of your game down. Let's move on to something else. Let's keep developing. That's on you. Yeah, I can I can only show some stuff here. Yeah, you know, as a student, and I'm the student too. I'm a student first, so that's mm-hmm. what I have to do. Whether it's online or t- taking classes from my other coaches, it's like I'm I try to implement those or not. You know, depending on what they are, and that's what you got to do is just keep building on that skill set. So. It's probably a good way to to end this one. Wrap it up. Yeah. Get, yeah. Some, get some training in. I mean, we went from being injured and not being able to train, but all the way to uh, developing your own skill set. But really, it's just the whole mentality of the, the whole thing, right? We're, we basically just talked about jujitsu mentality. Yeah. Con- controlling those emotions and controlling, you know, managing thoughts. injuries. Ma- yeah. Managing your thoughts when you're in regards to other people's advancements and your own advancement. Yep. Your own setbacks. So anything yeah. else, buddy? No, man. I'm uh hopefully in the next week to ten days I'll be back lifting and this'll all be uh I'll be on the on the mend. Awesome. So, okay. That's it. We'll check in with you next week and everyone else have a safe week of training. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Road to Black Podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ Physio. Contact Wes, he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, RollUnion.com. Follow on Instagram, at RollUnion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.